So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up dipsystories.com slash just break up this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we are going to ta- tackle topics like being too intense, wanting to have children, attachment styles, and loneliness after a good, true breakup. Mm. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We know nothing. I'm actually still sick. No, just kidding. <laughs> We recorded these episodes back to back, so please, listeners, don't think that I've been sick for like 48 days straight. Um, I had to go to um, New York to deal with some family matters, so Sam and I recorded these episodes back to back. But So if we sound a little loopy, just know that it's because this is the second episode we've recorded today. Yeah, and um, we, know, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, oftentimes our advice can be like, I don't know, straight up wrong. Yeah, sometimes there's no advice at all. Right. Sometimes we just like ramble. <laughs> I think an iTunes <laughs> review talked about that once. Yeah, I know. They're like four out of five stars because they ramble. <laughs> my bad, my yeah, best right, friend. Like, I know. No, it's okay, Sam. Don't take it so personally. I always do every time. Okay. Anything less than perfection is not good enough. Oh my God. This intro is bonkers. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is all to freaking say yeah. that we're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So welcome to episode 18, Sam Blackwell. Thank you. <laughs> that was very intense. Speaking of 18, which is the age that you can vote, can I go on a rant about voting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Of course you can. So I saw on Billy Eichner's Instagram that studies have shown that a majority of 19 to 29-year-olds are not planning on voting in this election, which, like, probably fake news, whatever. (laughs) Cite your source. But I just feel like we have such an opportunity in this election to to be impactful. Mm -hmm. And the idea that folks, especially young folks, are giving up their power is just like really crazy to me and makes me really sad. So yeah. I just want to say like to all of the folks that are listening out there, I think a majority of whom are probably in that age range of 19 to 29, get out and vote. And there are a million resources to help you figure out how to do it. There are a million resources to figure out who to vote for and know that um, it may seem like the system is broken because yeah. it is broken. Yep. Um, in fact, it's not broken. It was designed by... White supremacists. White supremacists, men. and it's working exactly how it should be working. But ways to subvert that. <laughs> ways include... to subvert that are do not involve not voting. Right. And I think I would add um, that I think the argument I hear a lot um, around not voting happens during the presidential elections because you're like, oh my God, two party system so whack. It is both whack. of these people. <laughs> I know both of these people are so bad. Why would I vote for the lesser of two evils? Yada, 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 which I am not here to contest. I am here to say that the good people, the hardworking advocates of change, they're happening on lower level government, like state, local, legislative, et cetera, yep. like that's where the change happens when you get to vote in the people you actually want on the on the lesser elections. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, the thing is, is that there's so much untapped potential in young people voting. And like the 20, 2008 election, right? No one thought that Barack Obama could possibly win as a single term senator and a person of color. Um but he was able to get out young people and yeah. young people are what changed that election and made it happen. So like the fact that that young people are deciding that it's not worth it to to put their votes out um, is just silly because like yeah. you have so much potential to to change and to elect good people. And so get out there and do it. Good job, Sam. Do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. And if you don't know who to vote for. Look online. There's tons of resources. Mm-hmm. Talk to your friends. You might have a friend that's like super into politics. Like talk to them about what your values are and like they can help you figure out what to how to vote for. And also the great thing about our democracy is that you don't have to know shit to vote. So just like go out there and vote. You could just vote for them because you like their name better than the other candidate. I don't care. Just like you have this power. Don't give it up. Don't intentionally say I'm not going to use this because that's right. just that's just not good for you. <laughs> It's not good for... Or me, as a person who cares and loves you. <laughs> um, Sam texted me earlier this week and was like, can I go on a rant about voting? And I was like, sure, baby cakes. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. Um, all right. All right, let's get started with our first letter. This letter comes from Alex B. 
from Ottawa, Canada. So, Alex, you are exempt from the rant that I just went on. <laughs> um, but vote whenever your Canadian elections are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Alex writes, I'm a 32-year-old man who is feeling pretty unmoored romantically. My mom died back in January after a two-year battle with breast cancer. I'm and about, so sorry. <clears throat> about a month after that, the woman I had been in a long-term relationship with ended it out of the blue. She had been pretty emotionally unavailable throughout our relationship, so it left me a little broken. It took less time than I thought to be ready to date again, though, and I started seeing a new person a few months later. I'm a pretty self-possessed and self-reflective guy, so for me, I knew it was right. I knew I was ready. She was amazing. She was exactly what I was looking for, and she brought back light into my life. We had two really great months together, and I was starting to finally feel like I was worthy of being loved again. But a month and a half ago, she ended what we had. I'm a poet and had written some stuff inspired by her, which she read on a weekend trip we took in Lake July. I think it freaked her out a little. Two days later, she told me that I was too intense and that she wasn't ready to start dating again, as she had only broken up with her previous boyfriend in February. It's making me feel bad about being a dive-in headfirst kind of guy when it comes to being in relationships. We spoke twice after the breakup and had agreed to be friends, but understandably after some time had passed. Not long after, though, she block, block, blocked me on all social media, and I don't know the reasons for that. A few days ago, my friend told me she's back on dating apps. I can't help thinking that her saying she wasn't ready to be in a relationship really meant she just didn't want to be with me. I'm having a hard time getting past both breakups. I probably shouldn't feel this way, but I can't stop thinking that it's me that's the problem. Two women telling me that they don't want to be with me in the space of eight months is making me really feel really bad about myself. It's making me feel once again that I'm not worthy of being loved. I'm scared that I am not good enough for anyone, and it's embarrassing. Sorry for the length of this, but as a man, it's not easy to find someone to talk about these feelings with. I could use some advice. Am I valid in thinking these things? Is it me? Should I not be such a dive-in headfirst kind of guy? Oh, Alex, I love this letter so much. And I started dancing when you talked about how you, as a man, that you don't have a lot of places to talk about this. Not because it made me happy, but it it did make me happy that, like, you sought it out. Absolutely. You sought out an an emotionally vulnerable space. Yeah. It's a way to go. And thank you so much for trusting us with that. Yeah, totally. That you picked us to have this conversation with. Um, It's really meaningful for us. Yeah. So first off, we want to say... Um, we're really sorry about the loss of your mother. Absolutely. Um, and we're also sorry for the loss of these two relationships. It sounds like you've had a really difficult year mm-hmm. and a year that has um, left you maybe feeling really isolated and self-reflective, looking to, to inward to see maybe why all of this is happening. Absolutely. And I think the first thing that I just want to say is that, um, you know, I don't know that you are too intense in your feelings. I mean, I think that there there are a lot of people that can't handle people who put it all out there. Yeah. That um, wear their hearts on their sleeves, that write poetry about people that they only met recently, um, but that they have strong feelings for. I don't think that people are often ready for us to express those feelings so strongly. Um, And it seems to me like this this girl that you were dating um, that broke up with you and blocked you and then started dating other people maybe was not ready for your intensity. And that's not on you. That's on her. I don't think it's that you're too intense. It seems to me like she just didn't want to have a level of intensity like that. Yeah. Let's start thinking about the our compatibility with other people. Right. Not in terms of like a a lacking 
or uh, too much of something, but instead, like, that you guys didn't fit, that your intent, you know, straight up, Alex, yep. like, I'm a fucking intense person. <laughs> like, Wait, <I'm... laughs> what? I have never in my life experienced that. <laughs> um, first of all, I gave myself pink eye. <laughs> You were like, this will get me the most attention. Yeah, I literally was like, I'm sitting alone in my apartment. What else could I do to fucking... (laughs) Anyway, Alex, (laughs) Um, uh, I'm super emotionally intense. Like, I really get into my feelings. and, um, And I'm really good at expressing them. And... I have learned over my 32 years, we're the same age, um, that not everybody can meet me where I'm at when it Mm -hmm. comes to discussing their feelings. Mm -hmm. And so let's not think about what, like, that you're bringing too much. It's that, it's that they can't handle it, right? That they can't meet you where you're at. Absolutely. And that's not their fault either. It's just like, like thinking about puzzle pieces, like you're not, you're not fitting, you know? Absolutely. Um, I've actually been sitting in this thinking about being too intense or being too much of of anything recently. And also the way that we often pair that, like, I'm too intense, I'm too this, I'm too that, with I'm also not good enough in mm. different ways. Like, I'm not this enough, and I'm not this enough. And I know that I've talked about her before, but um, there was an amazing Ask Polly recently uh, that I read at work, and I cried at work. Can you remind um, yep. the listeners what Ask Polly is? So Ask Polly is an advice column on The Cut. Um, and I think the the article is called, like, um, Why Am I Doing Everything Wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that um, Heather, who writes it, is able to um, talk about being too intense, like, too, 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 and not enough, not enough, not enough. Um, and the way that we beat ourselves up for that is just so incredible. And the way that she does it is she, you know, she talks about how she had this... Um, this, you know, that voice in your head that's always telling you that you're bad and that you're not you're not doing enough or you're being too much. And she was like, I've, I found out that that voice was happening and what I tried to do was find it so that I could end it. Mm. And what she realized was that it wasn't just one voice. It was an entire church of voices talking about different things that hated her for different reasons. And that it was and then it became overwhelming because she's like, how could I defeat an entire religion based on the foundation of my awfulness? Oh. Um, and then she just takes that and she talks about the ways in which she was able to like change that yeah. and work within that church to figure out how to um, to end that. And I think that that might be something that might be helpful for you in just reading that and understanding um, the fact that those negative things that tell us we're too, too, too and not uh-huh. enough, not enough, not enough yeah. are lying to us. And they are lying to us for a multiple of different reasons. Maybe because we're afraid that if we do something wrong, people will get hurt or we will get hurt. Um, and that there are ways that we can listen to those voices and not have them define who we are. Right. Oh, um, I love that. And it was just like, I was reading it and I was like, why am I crying at work? <laughs> yeah, totally. Because you're emotionally intense like me. <laughs> I just don't show it as much yeah, as you, you do. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> um, Alex, uh... I feel very kindred with you. I mm-hmm. think Sam and I both do. Um, and you know what? You've had like a really intense year. Um, so be easy on yourself. Yep. Um, I don't think you need to um, dampen or or like turn down that inner light or or that intensity. Yep. 
Um, but just make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure your grief is going to the right places mm-hmm. and not going on to these women. And make sure that your understanding of why they left you has nothing to do with your worthiness yep. or your quality of your love or the potential of your love. Absolutely. And I think right now you're probably feeling a lot of things very intensely because of mm-hmm. the passing of your mom. Right. Right. And I think that, that that going through a grief like that brings out a lot of emotional intensity that is good. And clarity that sometimes people can't handle. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so... If, Living in that space, I think, is exactly what you need to be doing as you move forward. But my um, my only caution to you would to be to focus on that emotional clarity about your grief and about what you want out of life. Um, and don't let other things distract you. So, right. like, don't let the fact that this girl didn't thought you were in too intense be the focus of all that heightened emotion mm-hmm. and heightened passion Right. Um, Because I think that's probably where it is to like, that's the easiest place to put it right now. Right. And what what needs to happen for you, I think, is to put that emotional clarity in how much you miss your mom, what your life is going to be like, what you want out of life, because you now know how short and fleeting life is in our relationships with people like that is the where where you can tap into and get so much reward out of as opposed to this fixation on this this girl who blocked you on social media and was too tepid to even like have your intensity yeah. be part of her life. I think that one thing I want to say is like she absolutely lied to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, like real talk, that thing where she was like, she's not ready for a relationship. You're right. It was that she was not ready right. for a relationship so with you. So <laughs> you wanting that to make more sense, it's it's not going to make more sense because no, she not. lied to you. No, she did. Um, she just didn't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. Does that make you unlovable? No. no. Does that make your love bad? No. no. Does that make your intensity bad? No. no. She just couldn't handle it. No, absolutely. Yeah, so, so we don't you say can't that. handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. We're not saying that to be like wow, you were too intense. She did not want to date you. We're saying that as like, no, like take the what ifs out of your mind or like the trying to process it, like yeah. clear and clear answer Guess for what? you right she now. She didn't want to date me. Now I can move on to better things. Absolutely. Because yeah. like if she couldn't handle you, then like she, she didn't want to date her anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Showed her or showed you her true colors and um, her true colors are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she is too. I'm just, you know. I'm sick. (laughs) Alex, I hope this um, gives you some support and insight on everything that you're going through. We think you're totally lovable. Absolutely. And awesome. And I really hope that your year starts picking up in whatever way that looks like. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for writing in. We love you. Thank you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you 
lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted conflict avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Up next, we have a letter from M.S. who is writing to us from Wisconsin. Right next door. I've been seeing a guy for a couple months now. He really is amazing and a nice change of pace after some bad relationships in the past. When we first got together, I'm talking like week one or two, he dropped some major news on me. He had cancer when he was younger, and because of it, he is not able to have children. This was kind of a bombshell, and I think it may have been a, quote, test to see if I was willing to be serious. But at the same time, it is something that has been constantly on my mind. He's 28 and I'm 24, so maybe he's just more adult than I am used to, and talking kids is something girls his age are more concerned about. Should I bring this up to him again? Is it something I should brush off, or should I bring my concerns about, or should I bring up my concerns about maybe one day my mind will change and I will want a child? 
He is really wonderful, and when he told me, I was so thankful that he was willing to be vulnerable with me. But if our relationship progresses, I'm not sure how we would go about being, quote, unquote, a real family. <laughs> R.I.M. This is a great letter. Thanks so much for writing in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think Sam and I both want to answer this question because we feel pretty passionately about the potential of your future. Mm-hmm. Um we want to push back on the idea of a quote unquote real family yep. um, because quote unquote real families look really different all the time. Yep. Um, and I don't want to take away from um, the desire to bear your own children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a woman, um, I am currently childless, but I have always wanted to be pregnant one day to, mm-hmm. to give birth, to have a child of my own. You just want to do that so you can have an excuse to, like, not do anything, though. Excuse me? <laughs> like, like, I can eat Oreos and peanut butter in my bed all day if I want to. I, I literally am pregnant. <laughs> would do that right now. Okay, Joe. <laughs> if I had Oreos in my apartment, I'll just eat peanut butter plain right now in my bed tonight. I'm going to okay, send you a picture. Maybe that was a bad example. Yeah, it was a terrible example. <laughs> You're like, um, can You're you lift more, this suitcase wait, for me up my stairs? Uh, literally, a better pregnant. example would be, like, I want to wear... um this like couch um what is it called oh god this couch cover yeah i want to wear this couch cover as a dress (laughs) (laughs) anyway em i'm sorry um so i don't want to take away from that um i think that's a very autonomous um real and valid desire to want to bury your own children yep um but we want to push back on the idea of a real family because a future with this guy who seems pretty great Mm mm-hmm who had them enough like uh, foresight and emotional vulnerability to have this conversation with you early. Yep. Um, and I honestly, like, I think that's awesome that he is doing that. Right. Like, being upfront about it. Right. For sure. And not being, I mean, wouldn't you be mad if he told you like five years down the line? <laughs> I mean, no, because like, I'm not super concerned about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to M, not you, Sam. This show is not for you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> no, but I think it's I think it's great that he is willing to do that, willing to show that vulnerability, and also just like that he did it in such like a nonchalant way, being like, just FYI, like I can't have kids. Yeah. Like, and I want to tell you upfront, I'm not like saying we're gonna be together and for the yeah. rest of our lives, but like just FYI, this <laughs> like, is something you Like good for him for not being ashamed too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we do want to say that like a a future with this man could involve children in so many, so many, so many different ways. Absolutely. I mean, um, I literally just saw, read an article today and this is not pertaining to you just heads up, but I saw an article today about how scientists in Germany, in, um, successfully impregnated to, um, like a, a female mouse with With the DNA of another female mouse. And um, the the babies are alive and healthy. Oh my god! I know, science man. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, Reddit um, is freaking out. I'm sure. Totally. Like 4chan the, is like the lesbian Reddit <laughs> channel is fucking freaking out. No, I'm sure that the the awful people on 4chan are like women are trying to eradicate men, which we are. Anyway, um, I mean, um, not a bad goal. <laughs> Just kidding. Your real family <laughs> could include adoption or surrogacy or in vitro. Absolutely. Um. And you just never know. You never know what your life will entail for you. And um, to be completely transparent, and this is only my life, but when I was 24, I wanted to have children at 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I was 28, I did not want to have children. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm 32, 
um, I, I think I want to have kids again. I, I, it, it has been kind of an undulating, fluctuating thing for me, and it's very personal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we just wanted to add to your yep. concept of a family, maybe take some stress off of it, um, because you don't, you're not in the position that you have to right. um, choose right now. Yep. Um, you can hang loose, have a great relationship with this guy, yep. um, and kind of see where life takes you. But sure. know that you have so many options out there. Absolutely. You have you have options of never having children, and you have options of having a bajillion children right. um, through fostering or adoption or surrogacy, et cetera. Um, Sperm donor, whatever it looks like. Yep, whatever it looks like. Um, I do think that... Our country has a pretty interesting obsession with like paternity or yep. or to to be related to our children. Mm-hmm. And um I promise like if a, somebody put a baby into your arms M and it wasn't related to you, you would love it instantly if Absolutely. you knew it was yours. Yep. Um and do we think you should bring it up to your boyfriend? Um not necessarily. But if you're thinking about it, you know, if it's if it, something if that it's you're... a deal breaker to you, yeah. Like if you do, if it is very important for you to have your own biological children, which we're not judging you for, um, then it, maybe it is something that you want to bring to him. Yeah, and I, even if I mean, even if it's not a deal breaker, it sounds like it's been something that's been on your mind oh, quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, so what a like, great point, Sam. So why not have a conversation and say, you know, what is this? What does this mean? Yeah. Um, like I appreciate you bringing it up, and now I want to display some vulnerability with you. Which is that, like, I do think that I would like to have a family at some point. How comfortable are you with with that? Like, what could that look like? Um, And just, like, have that conversation. doesn't have to be super intense. doesn't have to be, like... Okay, so tell me how many babies we're gonna have and like where we're gonna live and like all of that. What their names gonna (laughs) be? But just to say, like, Johnny. Like, thank you for sharing this with me. I've been thinking a lot about it, and here are some things that I've been thinking about. Like, that's how good communication in in relationships starts to happen. And it's something that can happen a month into a relationship. I don't think that you are crazy or weird for wanting to talk about this because it's something that he obviously put on the table as being something that he's willing to discuss with you. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Sam, that like it's kind of like that vulnerability volley, you know, Mm -hmm. like he brought this to you and now you can say like you should feel safe in this relationship. Say I've been thinking about this a lot, Yep, you know? Um, so, Em, I hope this gives you some insight um, and brings you a little bit, uh, like, eases any anxiety that you're having about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so much beautiful time and almost limitless options about what your future holds and yep. what this love contains. Okay? Absolutely. Thank we you. We love you. We love you. All right. Our next light letter is from Riley. And Riley writes... Uh, that she uses she and her pronouns, so thank you for letting us know. And they're writing from the void. <clears throat> oh, yes, writing from the void. I started dating my boyfriend Alex in September of last year. We started out living close together, but after a little over a month, I moved six hours away. In the beginning, it was good. I didn't have a job and none of my friends were in town, so I just texted him all day. But when I started taking college classes, he would get mad if I didn't text him back within 15 or 20 minutes. Mm. This caused me a lot of anxiety about texting him. In April, we got into a fight and I broke up with him for a week. Alex said he had changed and I believed him. Texting him caused me so much less stress. But lately, I see him slipping back into being controlling. For example, I was at a lake for a church thing and I told him that. Later that night, he was upset that I didn't tell him when I was getting home. And if I had told him, then he wouldn't have been so anxious. So it was my fault. I was mad at him for blaming me for his anxiety. But when I talked to him about 
it. He told me that he just wanted me to do that because he does the same for me. It's just confusing, and he doesn't like when I call him controlling and manipulative, and hates that I have my guard up with him, but I feel like, due to what happened in the past, I need to. Also, when I was telling him about an issue with my new college roommates this year, he said my feelings were valid to an extent. I really didn't appreciate hearing that. My questions are, do I have a right to be to have my guard up sometimes? Should I be worried about history repeating itself? What do y'all think about the whole validated feelings thing? Thank you for reading this. Um, Riley. Uh, yeah, you are totally valid to have your guard up. Yeah, um, and absolutely. You were totally valid to call him controlling and manipulative because it sounds like he was being a controlling, <laughs> manipulative garbage bag. Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> no I offense think that, to your boyfriend, but... No, but I think that... Um, you know, so I'm going to talk a little bit about attachment styles because I think it's an important thing to bring up. But what like, are attachment styles, Sam? But I'll, but before I do that, I <laughs> want to say that um, expecting someone to text you back within 15 to 20 minutes is like not a reasonable thing. No, it's to a ask sign for. of um, control. Yep, and like negative control at that. Absolutely, um, and and so I think um, the fact that he. You broke up with him in April because he was being too controlling. It seems to me like the behavior hasn't changed yeah. in any way. Yeah. But I do want to talk about attachment styles because there are some things um, that I think are coming up here um, in relation to your attachment style and his attachment style. Um, so it sounds like your boyfriend has a pretty anxious attachment style. Well, first, can you just define like attachment styles for me? <laughs> yeah. I-, I mean, the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so attachment styles are learned behavior. Okay. From our childhood. And they are the ways in which we um, create relationship with people around us. Okay. So they are the ways in which we attach to people. Oh, God, I feel dragged already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are four different types of uh, attachment styles, and they are all sort of on this map of anxiety and avoidance. Mm. So, um, so if you have high anxiety about relationships, so you're crazy anxious about like, um, when what people are doing, back, yeah. right? Exactly. But you have low avoidance, which means that you don't avoid them at all. So you don't say like, "Oh, this is causing me anxiety," so I'm going to walk away from it. Instead, right. you have low avoidance. That means you have an anxious attachment style. Okay. And so that means that you are um, that it comes across as being very clingy. Yeah. As like the person who's like, "You didn't text me in within 15 minutes. Like, yeah. you need to tell me when you're going to be home. You love me. Right? Yeah. And that's um. It can. It doesn't have to be an unhealthy attachment style, but it can turn very unhealthy very quickly, okay. especially if it's coming up against another less than healthy attachment style. Okay, which is? So then there is dismissing, which is when you have low anxiety and high avoidance. So you're not nervous about shit. Like you're not like constantly preoccupied with thinking about the other person. Got it. But you don't like people like attaching to you. So you yeah. avoid them as much as possible. So, like, that's tepid, guys. Okay. Like, assholes who are like, oh, yeah, can we just be chill? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you can come over, but, like, don't call me your boyfriend. Like, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, that's Triggered. dismissing. So, there's anxious, which is, like, high anxiety, low avoidance. And then there's dismissing, which is low anxiety, but high avoidance. And then there's fearful, which is high anxiety and high avoidance. So, you're not only afraid, you're always thinking about, like, other people and nervous about that, but you also don't want them to be around you. Uh, and so that is frequently caused by like childhood trauma. Yeah. So that is something that is like needs to be worked out for sure with the therapist. Okay. But then there's secure, which is low anxiety and low avoidance, which means that you 
are comfortable with your relationship with other people. You like don't avoid them. And also you're not nervous about it all the time. Yeah. And so when anxious attachment styles come into contact with dismissing attachment styles, that's when like things go. Yeah. DEFCON one or whatever it is, because that is like the person is constantly avoiding the person who's having all of the anxious issues. It doesn't sound like that's what's happening here. But it does sound like he has an anxious attachment style, which is something that you should be aware of and whether or not you can handle that yeah. and whether or not you can have a conversation with him to be like, this attachment style isn't helpful for me. Yeah, I I can't tell from the letter, Riley, of how you respond mm-hmm. to him when he is in this high anxious, high intensity like attachment style. Um, so we're not necessarily calling you dismissive at all, but... Um, it does sound like you have a good, you have the, the ability to draw the line when it's necessary. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and so maybe when you don't text him, when you're at this like church thing over the weekend, it f- feels dismissive to him. And all of a sudden, all of the yep. sparks go flying and shit hits the fan. And which I want to go on the record by saying is like, is invalid, <laughs> not not invalid, <laughs> but is an overreaction, I think. It sounds like you're incredibly yep. communicative with him. You're busy. You have a life outside your relationship. And that's your right. That's okay. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I'm not trying to forgive him for his anxious atta- attachment style. I'm just trying to give some yeah, space, some space, understanding, an understanding of why this might be happening. But again, like, it's not up to you to fix or teach him that that is inappropriate behavior. And like... It sounds like you're at a point where you're sort of uncomfortable with the level of anxiety that he is um, expressing to you. Right. And frankly, we're uncomfortable with it, too. It sounds controlling. It sounds unhealthy. And when he tells you that your feelings are valid to an extent, um, that sounds like a a pot of hot steaming garbage to me. Um, sweetheart, you don't need someone else to tell you that your feelings are valid when you're reacting to a situation that is being enacted upon you. Yep. You know yourself. You know what is too much. Yep. If you allow yourself to listen to your inner compass, you're going to recognize that you don't deserve to be treated like that because you're trustworthy, you're loving, you're nurturing, and you've given him no reason to act like this. Absolutely. And you can't be the salve that cures his anxiety. Right. Right. And so it's clear that he's got a lot of anxious thoughts going on in his mind all the time, but it is, you are not equipped to be able to be the thing that quiets that anxiety at all times. And the, the fact that it seems like he's asking you to be that is unsustainable. Right. Because, and also the, that attachment style too, when they can't get a hold of you, it's like, they just, you know, um, I've done it myself when I've been in unhealthy stages. Like, For sure. you know, when you're feeling insecure and somebody's not texting you back, all you want to <clears> do is like send a thousand screaming text messages into the wind. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I have also like been in that anxiety attachment style as well. Right. Like it's not a fun place to be right. in. <laughs> and it makes you act irrationally and it makes you hurt your partner, I think. For sure. Um and Riley, you don't deserve that. You just don't deserve that. And we're not Absolutely saying not. just break up. We but we are just validating your experience. Yep. This sounds unstable and unsustainable to us. For sure. And attachment styles do change over time and we have the ability to move from yeah. dismissive into into secure. Right. 
But my question for you is, are, do you feel like you have the strength and energy to help him do that? And it seems to us like it, it isn't at this point. Like you have given enough that yeah. I don't know that you have any more to give. Totally. I totally agree. Um, Riley, we believe in you. We believe in your intuition. And we believe in you setting a standard to which your love will treat you. Absolutely. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for writing. I hope this helps. Okay. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, our last letter is from Layla Kay, who is writing to us from Orlando. Layla writes, I finally broke up with the man that was abusing me for three years, physically and emotionally. I feel free, and all my friends have been supportive to me with my decision. My family told me they see the old me coming back, as have my friends, but I need some advice on how to deal with the immense loneliness that follows the breakup. I read that that survivors of abuse usually suffer with something called trauma bonding, which is what kept us staying with the abuser for so long. I'm excited to start the new chapter of learning to love myself and not rely on a guy to make me feel good about myself. But sometimes the moments of loneliness are almost like whispers of I told you so, Mm. where my brain is telling me that I should have stayed. I know that it's wrong, but honestly, it's been the toughest part of the, the the relationship. I thought that because I suffered so much in the relationship, it would be easy and I would feel free. But part of me still feels stuck. Mm. Ah, Layla, what a powerful letter. I think um, first off, Sam and I want to say way to go. We're really, really, really proud of you for leaving that relationship because Absolutely. we know it was a very difficult decision to make. Yes. So congratulations on getting out of that. Um, yeah. It's never easy to leave an abusive relationship. We're also really sorry for the loss of that love because mm-hmm. we know that you did love this person. Yep. And um, we're sorry for what you endured because of that love. Absolutely. And we're sorry that you are now in a place of, of such loneliness. Um, and we, it's a hard thing to yeah. go through. Yeah. Loneliness is a part of life. And we don't mean this in a dismissive way, but instead to normalize it. Loneliness is an everyday thing that people feel when they're in alone in their apartment or people feel it when they're in a bus station surrounded by hundreds of people. Loneliness is a part of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe that if you lean into that a little bit, it'll just like take the relationship out of it. Take this shitty ex of yours, take your friends and family out of it and just recognize like, okay, I'm feeling this emotion and that emotion is okay. It's okay for me to feel. It is not brought upon by any mistake that I've made. It's not brought upon by any other person. I'm not feeling it as a punishment to myself. I'm just feeling a little bit of solitude and loneliness in this very busy, very full world And that's okay because tomorrow might be different. Mm -hmm. Just give yourself an opportunity to just feel it as is. Yep. And just because you um, 
where your last relationship was one that was abusive doesn't mean that your loneliness has any less validity yes. than other people. Yeah. Just because you should be, you feel like you should be happy that you are out of the relationship doesn't mean that your loneliness is any less valid, is any less real. It just means that it's happening after a relationship that was abusive. Right. And you are allowed to miss the people that have hurt you. Right. And that is okay. Right. It doesn't it's make you a bad hard. person. To feel lonely. It's hard to be alone. Absolutely. And we're with you in that. Um, we also, we especially love this letter because Sam and I both know that trauma bonding is real. Mm-hmm. And um, that it's a severe, uh, it leaves a severe shadow on you, really. Yep. You know, because you do stay in those relationships because you bond over so many different things. Yep. The love, the lack of love, the abuse, um, the feelings of self-worth or lack of self-worth. Yeah, it's totally real. But we don't want we don't want your brain to play um, the full trick on you. Right. Because what you're what the trauma bonding is telling you, what the trauma is saying is while you were enduring it, the trauma was saying you deserve this. Mm -hmm. And now that the that the trauma is gone and you're not enduring it anymore, the trauma Bonding is trying to say you deserve this. Yep. You deserve aloneness. Yep. But don't listen to that voice. That voice isn't real. Yep. You're real. You living in this beautiful breathing body who got yourself out of a place of trauma and hurt and harm because you believe that you deserve better. Yep. That's real. Yep. And our brain plays tricks on us all the time. And we have the capacity to not let it do that. And so you... You have it within you. You have it within you to not let your brain tell you, I told you so, right? Yes. You have it within you to do that. But it will take time and it will take patience to, yes. to learn the ways in which you can say to your brain, stop doing that. I know that's not real. And here's something that I know is true, which is that I am worthy of love. I have friends and family that support and love me. I have things that make me happy. And it is not the person who abused me. Right. And I love in your letter how you say, um, you know, I thought this because I suffered so much that this would be easy that I would, mm-hmm. you know, I imagined mm-hmm. getting out of this relationship. I would walk into this better, clearer, nicer, more tender world. Right. Yep. And the reality is like, we don't process trauma or deal with pr- trauma when we're in it. Yep. And so when those years that you spent in this relationship, yep. you were in survival mode, sweetheart. Exactly. Like you yep. were taking care of yourself. You were making sure you got from one day to the next. That's right. And your body, your soul, your heart was just trying to hang on to yep. the next day. Yep. And now that you're out of it, your body, your soul, your heart is finally like, okay, I'm going to deal with all of this shit that happened to me because mm-hmm. I'm no longer in survival mode. Yep. I'm no longer just functioning. Yep. I'm thriving and thriving means dealing with the shit. Yep. Right? Absolutely. And that might be what your why the brain your brain is telling you. Yes. Um you know, I told you so. Like go back to him because in some ways dealing with the trauma of having been in an abusive relationship can be more daunting than the idea of being in one. Right. Because there's so much work that has to be done and there's no external force anymore that you can um that is causing you that pain like that right. pain right now is just in your head and your heart trying it's to process echo. through it's literally an echo in you right exactly and so um so don't believe your brain for a second because 
the 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 opportunity now is so much greater that you are out of this relationship to be able to have those uh, tough conversations with yourself, to do that head and heart work, to get you to a place where you will be so much happier. And that that opportunity does not exist when you are in a relationship that is hurting you so much. Totally. And maybe that's why you're you're not feeling like this golden freeness that you right. thought you were going to feel. It's because all of a sudden, you know, like the curtains are drawn back and this is the real world. And now you have to deal with everything that's in the house, you know? <laughs> right. Yep. Um, but Sam and I know confidently 100% that you made the right decision. Yep. And that you, more importantly, you were stronger and strong enough to endure a three-year relationship with yep. this piece of garbage. And you are strong enough to get through this yep. part of the process, yep. which is processing the trauma, acknowledging it, growing from it, moving on, healing. Yep. Like, I think that sometimes the healing is, it takes more more of our internal strength. Absolutely. But you've got it, Layla. You already have what you need to move through this part. And you have the love and support of two strangers across the country. Absolutely. And it sounds like you have uh, the support of your friends as well, which is fantastic. Um, the support of a therapist would also be great yes. if you're not doing that now. Um, because your friends are only so equipped to be able to help you process through that. Um, so utilize the tools that you have around you, but know that you have the strength because you have been through something so harrowing. You have the strength to get through this as well. Yeah. Um, and you have two people that have all the faith and confidence in the world in you that not only is your brain lying to you and it says, I told you so. Right. But that you have the opportunity to have so much health and happiness and wholeness in your future. Yes, absolutely. We believe in your future. You, we believe in your heart. We believe in your bravery so much, Layla, and your potential to love and be loved again. We absolutely. love you so much, Layla. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... The Enneagram. The Enneagram. 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 It's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M because, like, I had a lot of trouble the first time I heard it. I was like, Enne Enneagram? Annie? Enneagram? Annie. E-N-Y? No. Um, what so is the Enneagram? The Enneagram is a... Um, I guess it would, I would call it a personality Yeah, test. totally. But it's not like a BuzzFeed, am I a cat person <laughs> type of test. Easiest quiz ever. Yes, I am a cat person. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can find it online. Um, there is a free assessment from the Enneagram Institute itself, or you can pay, I think it's like $12 to do the full assessment. Yeah. Um, I've only done the short one. Yeah, me too. Um, but it basically, it's an assessment of um, sort of questions that they ask you about your personality and your way of thinking, and it assigns you a number. Um, and there's been a lot of sort of thought and research put into this about um, how the numbers interact with each other. And it's one to nine, right? It's one to nine, yep. Um, and so, like, I'm a five, which means I'm the thinker. Um but it also tells you sort of like it's not just like here's what you think about. It's also like here are some of your biggest fears or like here are things that are really triggering your for strengths you. Strengths and weaknesses, yep. how you interact with people. Absolutely. And like when you're under stress, here is the number that you go to, which is not your number that you currently are. Yeah. But you you go into this other number 
Um, or when you are at your peak, you move into this number. So like when I am at my peak, I am bringing others along with all of the things that I've thought about. Yeah. And when I'm at my, um, at my worst, I am unable to like take people in. Yes. I'm unable to like move forward because I get so inhibited with my own thinking. I think the Enneagram test is, is pretty not comparable because they're different, but it's similar to the Myers Briggs Mm -hmm. personality test. If anybody else out there knows that. Um, I actually find the um, Enneagram more helpful and more intuitive. Um, I am the two. I am the, uh, what is it? The nurturer. Nurturer. Yeah. And I learned a lot about myself through the Enneagram. And it's it's not like a hippie woo woo, like horoscope. It's like pretty intense. Yes, it is. Um, It is a little hippie woo woo sometimes. Well, yeah, but it's not based (laughs) off of like when you're born. No, right. Don't get me wrong. We both love being Geminis. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, I've been making all of my coworkers download an app around astrology. So we can. Yeah, we'll talk about that app. Yeah, that'll be our next one. But I've I've actually found it really helpful in relationships too. So everybody should take the test. It's very long. Uh, not super long, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's involved. Yep. Um, we found it pretty insightful, and and to get the best bang for your buck, you got to read into your enneagram number. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And also, what I think is great about the Enneagram Institute is that they will send you an email every morning with either an affirmation or a thing to think about oh, I love based that. on your number. And <gasps> sometimes it's like I wake up in the morning and get dragged before I do anything else. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to sign up for it immediately. I love being dragged before 8 a.m. Yes. Or sometimes it'll be like, you have all of these amazing qualities, like look for them in yourself today. Oh, I love that. And so it's just nice to like wake up every morning and have something to sort of like think about as I, as I like move about my day. People should tweet me and tell me what their number is. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Please do. You're never going to see it, Sam. No, Don't but you can tell people. me. <laughs> um. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you could submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, where you can also oh. find T-shirts, sweatshirts, an adorable little notebook that says, don't text them. Love that. <laughs> yeah. And in that notebook, you can write the text messages you were going to send to your dirtbag exes. Amazing. I, I love the. I love taking credit for that idea, but it was not our idea. <laughs> Whose idea was that? I can't remember. I don't remember who it was, but oh, someone God. on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Somebody sent it to us. It was a really great idea. Thank you to them. Um, but if you want some Just Break Up merchandise, you can find it at our website at JustBreakUpPod.com. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star rating and review. This helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording and editing by our producer, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you as yourself right now alone are a gift to the world. Your solitude is not a curse. And you are so worthy of giving yourself the love that you've given to others for years. Your inner wisdom is trying to tell you something right now. Listen, your inner wisdom is trying to tell you of all the things that you've been withholding from yourself for years. Accept it. Things will work out. Things will get better. 
and your relationship with yourself is only going to grow the more patience and love you give to yourself. And remember, if all else fails, just break up. <laughs> <laughs>